Hey, Disney fan. Have you ever wanted to know how we make the magic? Or maybe what's happening at Disney every single week? Well, have we got the podcast for you. This is D23 Inside Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. And we are taking you Inside Disney. Reunited, and it Yay! feels so good. Well, it, at least it's you and me this week, Candace. It is. Sherry it is, is uh, off enjoying some turkey somewhere. Or all the Disneyland treats, according to her Instagram story over the weekend. Very, very jealous of <laughs> her and her many, many Disneyland treats. But before she left, we all did get to talk to Mark McCorkle and Bob Schooley all yeah. about TV Animation's big anniversary and some of the projects they've worked on, like Big Hero 6, the series, and Kim Possible. No big deal. No big deal. No big deal. But before that... I want to hear all about your AMA experience. You looked dazzling on the red carpet. You were sharp. You were fantastic. Thank you so much. It was the craziest experience. I got to team up with George Pinocchio, who is also featured in One Day at Disney, the coffee table book, which is coming out next week. He's a host on ABC7 here in Los Angeles. He's their head entertainment reporter over there. So I got to join him on the red carpet. I was like the music expert for the night. So I got to weigh in on some of the categories who I was excited to see, bring some energy to the red carpet from Radio Disney's perspective. So it was a lot of fun. Highlight, coolest person you met? Uh, I don't know. I guess Billie Eilish, because she is just the thing everyone is talking about right now, to be only 17 and do what she's doing in the music industry. It was crazy. And she's just like the future icon of music. So very cool to see her. Also, Carol King, Paula Abdul, Shania Twain. I mean, everyone was amazing. And you guys did give a lovely plug to One Day at Disney, which was super cool. We did. I read George's page before we talked about it. Excited to see that in just a few days. Speaking of One Day at Disney, you had, what, 14 days at Disney on the Disney Wonder? I did. 14 magical days. Did not want to leave. It was amazing. And I did some panels, including one on One Day at Disney. We got to give them a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the book and the series. And I got to tell you, Candice, the bit that you and I filmed that we added in just for them, it slayed in the room. It was awesome. I will post it to social because it was a sight to behold and and it should be shared more than just with the several hundred people who were in that room. Yeah, you did a great job. You did a great job. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But the Panama Canal was epic. I mean, I obviously highly recommend going on a Disney cruise to anyone. Honestly, there's nowhere I would rather be, except at my desk working for Disney, of course. (laughs) Um, Or here on the podcast. Or here with you and Sherry in spirit. Yes, yes. It was great. I got to do a bunch of presentations. I did 10 magical musical years with D23, where we revealed some really cool footage that we'd never shown before publicly. Wow. Got to do a bunch of trivias. I got to host Disney at Sea with D23, which is the show that our team created that's on all the ships. And of course, my big, big favorite highlight was getting to do not one, but two Q&As with the phenomenally talented, hilarious, awesome, brilliant Heidi Blickenstaff, one of our major Disney on Broadway stars. She did a couple of great shows. And we did one Q&A about Freaky Friday, which was awesome. And then she and I sat down. And she's just fantastic. And she's going to be performing at the Epcot International Festival of the Arts with Gavin Lee coming up. She's going to be there January 18th, 19th, 22nd, and the 23rd. And the big finale is a concert with the two of them, plus Kissy Simmons and Alton Fitzgerald White on January 25th. Wow. So, so excited for that. I'm going to try to make it out there. I actually am Heidi, I promise, if you're listening. (laughs) After Heidi and... And Gavin and all them 
Kara Lindsay and Kevin Massey are going on. They're doing their set at Epcot Fest- International Festival of the Arts. And want to shout out a huge congratulations to them because they just had a baby on Aww. November 12th. Emerson Charles Massey. He is adorable. Congrats. You can see. So, so cute. You got to see pictures. You can go to their Instagram. They okay. both posted the same adorable shot. But right now at Epcot, because it's Christmas time, it's Thanksgiving time, but also Christmas time. Always. I did not know they were doing this. It sort of was a surprise to me, or maybe I just missed it somehow. But I've been seeing videos and pictures from Living with the Land, Merry and Bright Nights, which is part of the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. They went in and they added all these twinkling lights in the evening to Living with the Land, which is one of my favorite attractions because you see how they make food. Yeah. Beautiful. This beautiful overlay. They're doing it now through December 30th. So if you're heading to Epcot, do not miss Marion Bright Nights. Okay. We have to talk about Frozen 2, of Wait, course. What's Frozen 2? I've never heard of it. You've never heard of it? Well, let me take you through Olaf schooling you of <laughs> Frozen 2. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And you probably have. Now, officially, the number one day and date global animated debut of all time. Woohoo! I felt like there should have been a drum roll or some I... band come to play when I said that. $358.4 million dollars. At the box office. That's amazing. We just had Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck on the show. So huge congratulations to both of them. They were great on the show. And clearly it was them being on D23 Inside Disney that sent it over the edge. Clearly. Thanks, guys. Speaking of Frozen, too, Frozen is also coming to life at Disneyland Paris in January. So check this out. Starting January 11th at Disneyland Paris, fans of Frozen can actually enjoy the big screen adventure in real life with some really cool events. This is all part of Frozen Celebration. So Frozen 2, An Enchanted Journey. This is a new float that's going to go down the parade route featuring Anna and Elsa in their new Frozen 2 outfit. Olaf will be there, a couple of the other characters, and 20 dancers, and new music from the film, which is very cool. I love the new music. Oh, it's so good. I just got the soundtrack. The 80s power ballad, I can't Uh. stop. I can't I, stop. It's so it's so good. Yes. I, I know you talked about it last week on the show, but I didn't feel like I could chime in on how awesome the music <laughs> was. It, it's so good. And I did just get the soundtrack because I did not want to download it at sea. That would have been very, that would have cost me more to download it than it would have to have paid for the download. That's true. I could have just sang it to you when we were on the phone call at the one day at Disney presentation. Aww. I didn't know. Anyway, sorry. Don't um, sing. Don't sing. <laughs> I will not sing. Also, (laughs) Frozen, a musical invitation just opened. So this is a brand new show. You can see it a couple times a day at Walt Disney Studios Park. And then coming up in late January, Magic Over Lake Disney, the Frozen edition is happening. So this is a big sound and light show over Lake Disney. So you'll see iconic moments from Frozen come to life. And it's not even in the park, so you don't need a ticket for it. So don't worry about that. And of course, the characters from Frozen will appear in the famous Disney stars on parade. So that's going to be a fun thing to catch. Plenty of merchandise, treats. It's all happening at Disneyland Paris. So Frozen season continues. Well, in other movie news, I don't know if you caught it on Monday morning on Good Morning America. They showed a new 30-second clip from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And my head nearly exploded because there were flying stormtroopers. What? Flying stormtroopers. Okay. And I was not the only one surprised because to hear all the characters go, wait, they fly now? They (laughs) They fly now. Plus, last week, they released all the character posters showcasing some of the new stars, some of our familiar faces. I particularly loved seeing Zori Bliss. I hope I'm saying Zori right. Carrie Russell's character. You don't actually get to see Carrie. Mysterious new character. Very excited about that. Plus, of course, getting to see Lando Calrissian back. Billy Dee Williams, classic. 
so cool to see him there. And yeah, so as excited as I am for Frozen and to see it three to four teen more times, <laughs> Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker opens December 20th. Yay. Cannot wait. Plus, new trailer was just released for The Call of the Wild. I got very verklempt. It is Harrison Ford and a dog named Buck. And mm. I read the book when I was a kid many centuries ago. But if you did not read the book in school... The story is about a dog named Buck whose domestic life is turned upside down when he's taken from his nice California home and transplanted to Alaska because that's awesome. Everyone's always excited about going to Alaska. I'm like, it's cold. They're like, it's 70 degrees during the summer. And I say, that's winter in California. No, too cold, too cold. (laughs) He gets to Alaska during the gold rush of the 1890s and he crosses paths with John Thornton, who is played by Ford. And together they explore the Yukon, which you get a glimpse of it in the trailer. It is going to be epic so the movie also stars dan stevens who many people remember he was the beast in our live action beauty and the beast and karen gillen who is nebula in the marvel cinematic universe cannot wait to see them when the movie opens on february 21st love that okay we have to talk about disney plus because disney plus i did get home and binge all weekend Good. on disney plus i'm caught What'd up on you Mandalorian. Watch first? i've been asking everyone this what was your first thing <sighs> I did get to preview some things before, but the one thing that they did not preview was Mandalorian. So I got home and I watched all the episodes of Mandalorian and my head nearly popped off my shoulders. It's so good. And the child, you know, the one who looks like the baby Yoda. Oh my gosh. So cute. Going to take the world by a storm. I'm, I'm fairly certain. So that was my first. Okay. Well, Lizzie McGuire is coming soon. We're very excited about it, obviously. This was a really cool thing to hear. Adam Lamberg is coming back as Gordo. For Lizzie McGuire fans, this is a big deal. He was a huge fan favorite in the original Disney Channel series. I guess because he was kind of like the outcast, except to his best friends, obviously, on the show, Lizzie. But very cool to hear Hilary Duff talking about the show. She said she couldn't imagine the series without him, and we couldn't either. So welcome back, Adam Lamberg. Another reason to be excited. Yeah, absolutely. Production already started earlier this month, and he is actually joining the original cast members, as we mentioned, a couple weeks ago. So very exciting news. Can't wait. Woohoo. Disneyland became Christmas when I was on the cruise line, so I oh, that's have right. not seen it yet. Have you been yet? No. Speaking of Disneyland, construction is underway to enhance the entrance to Tomorrowland at Disneyland. This is going to be completed next year, but Imagineers have basically designed the new entrance, so it's going to kind of open up the space a little bit, give you better access to the land, which is cool, a widened pathway, which I feel like is going to provide more Instagram moments there. Mm. Uh, I need a lot of space when I'm taking selfies, (laughs) just so you know. But like, they're going to put in swirls of colorful flowers. It's basically going to pay tribute to like classic Tomorrowland designs from the 50s and 60s so like the theme will be sort of optimistic with two these big space age spires they'll be on either side of the entrance so that's gonna be very cool Jeffrey I love that mid-century modern look of the 50s and 60s so very very excited for that to uh, return to Tomorrowland a bit you can actually see a great picture of that on the parks blog Plus, something else you can see on the Parks blog is this awesome video of the new Cirque du Soleil production that they are working on right now. It's going to debut at Walt Disney World in the spring of 2020. They did a fun glimpse of it at D23 Expo. But this video, it shows just some of the incredible stunts and acrobatic feats that these people are going to do. And the whole thing is a story about a young girl named Julie. She was raised by an animator. She's going to discover the beauty of animation through a series of 
I, I would say adventures. And the, the video is amazing. You get to see Eric Goldberg, who is a legendary Disney animator, creating some of the animations wow. for it. I think we all knew when they announced that there was going to be a collaboration between Walt Disney World and Cirque du Soleil that it was going to be beyond our imaginations. And just looking at some of the things that they've developed for this in this tiny clip, it, it, it's outstanding and astounding. And also speaking of animation, we got to speak with the incredibly talented and truly engaging Mark McCorkle and Bob Schooley, who are producers with Disney's TV animation division, which is celebrating its 35th anniversary. We are so excited to have two legends of the, he's laughing. There's already a big, <laughs> two legends of Disney television animation. We've got Mark McCorkle and Bob Schooley here with us today. Woohoo! Yay! Welcome guys. Thank you. Good Thank you here. very much. So first off, you guys have worked on so many shows, Goof Troop, Hercules, a, a Big Hero 6 now, Kim Possible. What, what am I forgetting? I feel like you've worked on uh, Aladdin. Aladdin, Aladdin mm-hmm. and the King of Thieves. We worked on Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Let's see, is there anything we're forgetting? Or uh... Uh, A few short things, Genie's Great Minds, and mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa. That science series. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> they it's learned been about, a lot over the years. They, they uh, learned about scientific stuff. Bonkers was in there. Um, yeah, we've uh, sort of spanned. There's a poster up at the office with all the different shows that uh, our division has done. And sort of like, okay, that one, that one, that one, that one. So, yeah, we've been around a while. Let's start with you, Mark. Is there a character from one of your shows that you would want to be? Well, there's plenty I would want to be. But the character that I am... It took a while to discover this. The character that I am is Dr. Draken from Kim Possible. Because, you know, I think at first when we created the show, I think we thought of ourselves as Ron. But uh, over time we realized, no, we're Draken. <laughs> we're, we're, quite, quite different. We're a, a, an old guy who is uh, seeing the world change out from under him and has these magnificent plans that never seem to work. <laughs> so... Ours worked occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally, Bob? I think I identified with Ron just because he always meant well if he didn't have the follow-through on it exactly. <laughs> and I think his his enthusiasm for things was something we really loved writing. So, yeah, I would go with Ron. I mean, yeah, we both had Dragon in us, but uh, I can have the same answer. You know? <laughs> So you started on Goof Troop back in 1990. Tell us what TV animation was like back then. It was pretty crazy still because it was all kind of new. And we came in in 1990 as part of kind of a gearing up where they had hired a bunch of writers. It was a bunch of young writers and everyone was really excited to be working for Disney. Um, And there was just a lot happening so it was a it was a really fun atmosphere. We got there kind of right after I think the super crazy time when they were getting the division up and going. I think there was maybe thirty five or forty writers oh, brought yeah, in huge. that year or something. Because wow. one of the things that that happened then was animation for television had gone through this incredible transformation with Ducktales, and so Disney was doing all kinds of stuff. And we were we were just talking. We were walking around the lot on the way over here. When we started, there were still people working there who actually knew Walt. So there was that sort of connection still that was really exciting. It was... um, There was a timing director, Charles Nichols, who did a lot of the Pluto shorts. And John Kimball was Ward Kimball's son. And we actually saw Ward Kimball sort of walking around when we were there. And so, you know, as Disney fans, it was... You felt like you were part of it. Uh, So it was an exciting time. So what do you guys think is unique about Disney's approach to storytelling? 
I think for us, it's always been, and we always tell every writer, it's about really getting inside those characters and feeling them. I think one of the things why people still look at Kim Possible fondly is they looked at those characters as real people. And I think, you know, that's the trick when you're doing animation is, you know, the illusion of life. With Disney, you know, it wasn't about just the joke or just the action. It was always about sort of getting inside those characters' skin and really, you know, making them live. And it's one of the things, too, we, we told the whole crew on Big Hero 6, the series, that we need humor, we need heart, and then we need the adventure. And it's that's a real challenge to put out to a bunch yeah. of creative people because you can have people that are very good at the humor or someone who's very good at writing emotional scenes or someone who's great at storyboarding or directing an action scene. But being able to do all three and balance it, it's a challenge. Yeah. Is it true that you guys still share an office together? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> How is that? That seems like... Oh, uh, we've is, been is it, doing it forever. So we have two desks that face each other. And uh, when we first started out, somebody walked into our office and said, Oh, Ferrante and Teicher. And it's like... <laughs> We were too young to get that reference. We had to look up what it meant. <laughs> it was two piano players that played with their pianos Oops. facing each other. Uh, um, cool. Thank you for saving us all from Google. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to ask? Yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was an ancient reference when, when they laid it on us 30 years ago. So um, that's always been our working method. So we can sort of just pitch ideas you know, across the desks at each other. Yeah, and the interesting thing is invariably when I go home and my wife says, oh, so what's going on with Bob's son or daughter or whatever? I, I saw this thing on Facebook, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you two are together all day. Don't you talk? Yeah, I guess we talk, but, uh, you know, about the important stuff, cartoons. <laughs> I love that. Those are the priorities. You have your priorities straight. So can you think of something, some truly incredible experience that you've had, whether it's a person you met or something you did that never would have happened without TVA? Oh, I think easily working with Robin Williams on Aladdin and the King of Thieves. We um, felt super privileged to be able to do that. We went up to San Francisco. It was a week of recording with him. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things you'll never forget. He was just incredible. You know, just the amount of jokes. We were tired at the end of the day from laughing so much. You were exhausted. Like, there were actual muscles that hurt (laughs) from laughing nonstop for hours. I mean, it, it was amazing. And then we worked with him again on Genie's Great Minds Think for Themselves, which were a series of educational shorts we did. And it, and it was f- fun for us, that sort of journey from that first day where he was didn't know who we were or what we did or whatever, to warming up and warming up to the point that he was as down-to-earth and nice and humble a person as, as I've ever met. Wow. And when we did the Hercules series, it had an incredible cast of celebrities, too. And that was a lot of fun. Robert Stack was the narrator, and he was fantastic. And Merv Griffin was on it. And uh, I mean, literally, if you go to IMDb, it's kind of like half the cast of Friends. And Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Tim Conway and Harvey Corman. You know, it was, oh, wow. it was ridiculous, the people that we got to work with on that. Well, you've gotten to work with a lot of people. They have done a lot of characters. I know it's probably like asking a favorite child. No, no, I have one. Okay. (laughs) Favorite character that you guys have worked with or favorite character from one of your shows. Right. Probably have to be Draken from Kim Possible and Shigo just because their relationship was so much fun to write. And really, Shigo was just a dream to write for. And Nicole Sullivan, who did the voice, was, you know, always brought 110% to it. 
John DiMaggio, who was Dracula. Yeah, fantastic. Comic genius. But, you know, I think on Hercules, writing for Hades was fantastic because he always improved and brought other things to it. I think I can speak for both of us on this, too, that creating Kim was very special because we both have daughters and there weren't, you know, at that time in the zeitgeist, there was Buffy and Powerpuff Girls, whatever, but it just felt like we were doing a good thing. So I think Kim, Kim means a lot to us. Totally. And we should talk about Big Hero 6 because the movie was amazing. And I feel like most of us left just wanting more adventures from these guys. Is that kind of what you guys felt? Yeah, when, when they were thinking about it, they, you know, sent us to the movie, I think like a month before it came out or something. And right away when it got to, you know, that ending scene, we were like, oh. Yeah, this should definitely be a TV series. There's <laughs> yeah. no question about it. For one thing, so you can explore all the other characters in the team that the movie didn't really have time to do as much. All the movie spinoffs we did, that one seemed most obviously teeing up a TV yeah. series. And I think the other thing where we felt good about Big Hero was the version we saw did not have the Stanley ending. Okay. Yeah, that little tag at the end where yeah. he mm-hmm. introduces Fred's mm-hmm. father. And when we were brainstorming the show, we were like, well, you know what we ought to do? We ought to do it that Fred, like that his grandfather was a superhero or something. Like, so oh, we had wow. already, we actually came up with the exact thing they did. I mean, well, father as opposed to grandfather. I mean, but, we didn't know it, but uh, they had yeah, already we didn't done it. it. I, already, think that, I think we heard they saved that as kind of a surprise for the crew at the first crew screening right before it was released. Oh, was, how cool. It was sort of done as a little secret, secret. project, so which was really fun. Uh, um, and that did lead to us working with Stan during the series, uh, which was amazing. It's amazing yeah, to be in the so room. he was so gracious and, and, and so willing to do pretty much anything. <laughs> having, yeah. having Stan D- Lee act like he's in a fight and things like that was... Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was and, fun. And it was just kind of... We were kind of awestruck that here's this person who's Legend. Responsible for an actual yeah. legend. Yeah. Us. <laughs> He's responsible for the mythology that we all, you know, it's like the modern day Greek myths or something. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. So that was that was a lot of fun. Judging from the number of times we've mentioned Draken, I feel like you have a special place in your hearts for this character. Have you ever considered pitting Draken against the Big Hero Six team? I think it, it's interesting because we always tend to, you know, Big Hero 6, the movie, was, was quite dramatic and dealt with some pretty heavy issues. And the series is definitely lighter, and we definitely have more comedic villains. that They're not quite as bumbling and incompetent <laughs> as Draken is. So I'm afraid Draken, although Shigo would, would hold her own pretty well. Yeah, I think Shigo would do all right. A Shigo-Go-Go yeah. battle would be Yeah, we, we kind of tease doing some crossover kind of stuff but it never came to pass sadly i mean we'd love to write draken again in some form but sadly not on big hero 6 i guess <laughs> well we do hear that there's a big hero 6 holiday episode called the present this is supposed to premiere december 7th what can you guys tell us about it it's a, a really special episode, I think, in that it's, you know, it's fun, but it's very emotional. It's not spoiling anything to say it starts with a flashback to Hiro and Tadashi when they were younger. Fans, we've found, really want to see more Tadashi. They feel like that relationship, you know, was the, the heart of the movie. Over the course of the series, we've tried to use it, not, not overuse it, but use it judiciously so that, that we feel like when we use it, it, it has some potency. You know, it informs who Hero is today in the series. The Christmas show is really quite fun. So, it, you know, it starts in the past and then goes to the present as the title. And I don't think we want to spoil much more than that. You get to see how various characters, heroes and villains, 
celebrate the holidays. Love that. Ooh. Exciting. I see the, the present might mean more than one thing. It, yes. it does. <laughs> mm. So we end... We didn't call it the gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely tune in. So we end every interview by asking our guests what their favorite Disney memory has been. I know that you've had long storied careers here, but if you could pick yeah, your favorite, what would it be? I think the one that always stands out for me within the company, this program called the Disney Way, you know, where you get to see different behind-the-scenes things. But the, the, the sort of ultimate experience is being a walk-around character, and I got to be Pluto, and it was great. It was like, Shh, you spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> your secret's safe with us. <laughs> yeah, that was great. We did that a long time ago. I think... For me, the memory I have is when we did Aladdin and the King of Thieves, they had a premiere party for it at the L.A. Zoo where they covered the L.A. Zoo parking lot in sand. Robin Williams rode in on an elephant. Wow. It was the most ridiculous party I'd ever (laughs) seen. And it was like, all this for us? Um, So it was, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. And happy anniversary to television animation. 35 years going strong. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. It was so great chatting with them. They are are so fun. I was in awe just listening to them tell their stories. So cool. Yes. Almost as cool as a two-week Disney Panama Canal cruise. (laughs) Me next. Me next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. And don't forget to like and share the episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And don't forget for all the latest Disney news, check out D23.com. And we'll be back next week with more Disney news, a fantastic guest, and Sherry on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.